This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D and Will Knox. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. And now, Mr. Restaurant, Will Knox. Welcome to Mr. Restaurant, Season 2, Episode 4. I am pleased today to have Susan Feniger and Liz Lockman. And today's uh, topic is really about resilience in the restaurant industry, and we'll be getting into that in a bit. And we're discussing right now Susan Feniger, Forked, which is a verite documentary that's a work in progress, Mm -hmm. and we're going to learn a lot more about this work in progress after we see the wonderful sizzle reel that Liz Lockman has put together as the filmmaker of this project. Susan Feniger, Ford. We'll be back after about four minutes. I'm sure I'm pronouncing everything wrong. I have no concept of the language itself. Here's my third Vietnamese coffee. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. I'm learning. Come on. 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 Come a very successful team of Susan Feniger and Mary Sue Milligan. Maybe we shouldn't have had that last mojito. loved eating on the street. It's where I think is the most inspired part of a culture. It's where I think the food is the most creative. Whether it's in India, Thailand, or Mexico, or the United States, there's an interaction there that you just don't get in restaurants. It's real people that are bringing something that's very dear to them, and you get to share in that. And usually it's the most incredible food. It's the heart and soul of the culture. restaurant street was so natural because people that are serving off street cards off of the taco trucks they're serving food that their grandmother or mothers their ancestors made it's so much about the heart and soul and it's the most inspired food <laughs> 
just a matter of figuring out what chairs, what tables, what silverware, glassware. Yeah, that works. You have to think about every single detail. Wow, they sent so many. I'm trying to look at tabletops. See this? This means that your friend is closer to you. Come on, Cleo, get down. We walked into it that first time. I thought, oh my God, how did this place ever get an A? It was so disgusting. This is such a dump. So now the zoning administrators won't sign off on it, but that means we don't get final permit for at least a month. I want it to be done in three and a half months. <laughs> Cook the brisket, thousand island dressing, make chicken stock, make the preserved lemons. We've got like two months. We need to get the menu done. I mean, the menu's what I said was going to be the easiest. Now I'm panicked because we haven't like gotten it. Look, look, look. One of the best things about opening this new restaurant is to even be spending this time back in the kitchen. I'm hoping we find a fudge that we really like because we made eight batches of it yesterday. That isn't it. Well, I'm wild for that because I had chills at the end of it. And it wasn't just the music, which was stellar, but it was a visual treat. I wanted to eat the food. I want to tell you a little bit about Susan and Liz. And Susan is is really unique in many, many ways because she's a great person to begin with. But other than that, she's an American chef. She's a restaurateur. She's a cookbook author. She's a radio and TV personality. And uh, she's starred in cooking shows, uh, Two Hot Tamales. She's been featured on Iron Chef, uh, Top Chef Masters, Cooking with the Master Chefs. Uh, for 40 years, she's she's literally traveled the world to bring food back to L.A. and others around the world. And primarily the restaurants that she has been incorporated with, associated with rather, uh, in L.A. is the Border Grill, City, Ciudad, Street, and Socolo. Um, she's received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the California Restaurant Association. Uh, she's received the L.A. Times Jonathan Gold Award. Oh, I'm gushing. Um, <laughs> but recently she was awarded the Julia Child Award, honoring an individual who has made a profound and significant difference in the way America cooks and eats and drinks, and she was recently inducted into the permanent collection of the food exhibition at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., and I'm exhausted already telling you about it. <laughs> I can leave now because apparently... <laughs> no, 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 stick around. 
Stick around because we're going to we're going to talk about Liz Lachman right now because Lick Lock Liz Lachman, let me tell you, is another award winner. I'm around these award winners, but her real deal is that she was an Emmy award winning musician and composer. She's a Golden Reel Award-winning music editor. She's a BMI TV Music Award winner. She's an award-winning filmmaker and a screenwriter. And they're both accomplished. And I feel like walking out the door right now from the grotto. I, I this is I'm rather intimidated. I'm intimidated. We but, need you. But we're really here to talk about Liz's latest project, which is called Susan Feniger. Dot forked. It's it's a it's a documentary, is it not, Liz? It is. And it, it is it, a documentary. It, and it basically uh, follows Susan's first solo restaurant venture, Street, yes. right? And, Absolutely. And well, it, it's a story. It's a story about starting over and resilience after failing. Is that right? Well. I would say it's definitely a story about reinvention. Reinvention. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So Susan was doing her own restaurant for the first time without her longtime partner, Mary Sue Milliken. And uh, so there was a lot of um, uh, new things that, that she had never done alone. And also we, because she couldn't use the shared staff they had built and she couldn't use their shared kitchens from their restaurants together because this was her own project. um, She did everything from our house. So that became a big, oh yeah, I like to call it. Oh, your house, the two of you. Our house, everything, the rest, all, all the recipes were tested. All of the, all the things that one might do at an office or at, in the kitchen were done from the home. So the the wine deliveries, the glasses and everything that got delivered and it was all in the house. And I thought, you know, this is interesting because she's at the top of her career. She's done everything. And yet she has to start over to do this particular uh, restaurant. And I thought it was interesting. I said, somebody should record this. I, I didn't mean me. Well, I you are you are her partner in many ways, correct? Your life partner. And Mary Sue is her business partner. Right. So that must have been a bit of a jumble initially when you said, let's go do something solo, Susan. So how how did that affect Mary Sue or even Liz? Because you're kind of caught in the middle. You've got two relationships going on, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, Mary Sue and I have been business partners now 40 plus years. Liz and I have been together 27. I was 12 when we met. So, (laughs) Uh, Wait wait a second. So how did you how did you and Mary Sue get together initially? uh, We we worked. uh, We met each other in Chicago working at La Perroque. So Mary Sue had been there for, I think, maybe three, four months. And she was the first woman in that kitchen. And then I came along and the owner, Yovan Trebojevic, was like, wow. Could you repeat that again? (laughs) Yovan. Move on. He he thought, wow, I never had such a great deal with, you know, I never thought women could work in kitchens. And uh, so other than at home. Yeah. Other than at home. Exactly. Barefoot and pregnant. And that was this was late 70s that we were working there and we met there and 
at some point, probably after a year or so, when the chef went on vacation, Mary Sue and I ended up running the kitchen for those two weeks. So it was really a big turnaround for them. But that's where we met. And we worked there um, for about a year and a half. And then I left Chicago and moved out to L.A. and then got a job at Mommy's Own where Wolfgang Puck was a chef. So you and Wolfgang literally were in the kitchen. Were you a sous chef to Wolf? No, 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 no. I was you, a line cook. You were a line cook. It was a job. I was a line cook. Yeah. And how did, did you, you even wear get one of those cool bandanas? Yeah, of course. How did you even get into Mamezon? Well, I had, you know, worked in. I mean, I had gone to culinary school, and I worked in a great restaurant. Where'd you Kansas, go to culinary school? The CIA in upstate New York, Hyde Park. Yeah, Hyde Park, and. And, you know, I worked in a great restaurant up in Brewster and I worked um, when I was at the culinary. I started one of, you know, my part time jobs was at this restaurant that I thought, oh, my God, this is I thought they were crazy. It was two hippies that owned it. But I worked there and I thought they didn't know what they were doing. And of course, then they opened like a year later, the Quilted Giraffe in New York City (laughs) became one of the most well-known restaurants. And I was, you know, the big culinary student thinking like, they don't know what they're doing. You were basically a punk. Yeah, what you're trying to say. (laughs) You didn't know what you didn't know. I worked in, you know, good restaurants. And when I came out to and and La Perroquet was very well known at that time. And so when I came to L.A., I was trying to decide, should I work at L'Hermitage, L'Orangerie, Ma Maison or La Toque? And I went to all of them and. I got hired by Wolf at Ma Maison, and which this is, I'm so glad that was where I ended up. This is late, late 70s. Yep. Got yep. it. Just before he does Spago. Yeah. Matter of fact, I left after I don't know how, whether it was maybe a, a year at Ma Maison or maybe a little bit longer. I left to go work. I got a job in the south of France at Loisis, a three star restaurant there. And a few months later, I had gotten some an email or something. Or, or, I don't know what I got. Maybe not an email. I don't think it was yeah. an email. <laughs> yeah, not an email. I got something and found out Wolf had left to open up Spago. And so he had left and hadn't opened yet, but he had left and was opening up a restaurant. And I was in the south of France. So, Well, I was very fortunate because I found that location for him. So that got me started in the restaurant business. Is that right? You found the Spago on Sunset? I did find that. That was my Ah. very first restaurant real estate deal. And I thought, gosh, you know, nobody's really focusing on restaurant real estate. I'd come out of doing residential brokerage. I was trying to support my acting and producing career. And I didn't know I didn't want to wait on tables. So I ended up, you know, finding this. Uh, commercial property. I didn't know anything about Wolf. I didn't know about Ma Maison. I couldn't afford to go there. I was a right. starving actor trying to make a, a living in L.A. And uh, I stumbled across uh, this joint. It was literally a Armenian restaurant with a fabulous view. And uh, wow. I put the deal together. And from there, it just it, the it helped launch history. me. Yeah, no, it wow. was incredible. It was a That's great. amazing. I didn't know that. And yeah. I've known you for a long time. I know. We have known each other for a long time. I haven't known Liz as long as I've known you. No. But I'm curious about Liz, even though I know, you know, the two of you want to talk about this project, certainly. But Liz, how did you get involved in Susan's sphere. Did you know anything about Susan and cooking and any of that? Were you even involved? Because you were involved in the music world, right? 
Yes. Filmmaker. Well, music first. M- music, music. And From the time, how how young, Liz, did you start? I, I started singing in a big band when I was 15. Oh, Detroit. my gosh. Where? <laughs> in, where, in Detroit? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what kind of music? All big band, you know, classic jazz, you know. Yeah, so music's in your an blood. Amazing singer, an amazing singer and songwriter. Holy, and that's mo- how I fell in love. All right, cool. Well, so when I stopped doing that, that was the end. What did you so, see her perform? Is that what happened? You saw her you, perform. You've seen me perform, but I was way past performing when I met Susie because yeah. I had transitioned out of uh, music and into screenwriting and directing when I when I met Susan. By so the time I met Susan, you met in L.A. Yeah, got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. All right. Well, you you certainly both had storied careers and divergent careers, but in a certain way, now they've intersected because, you know, again, you're life partners. But more than that, you you really are developing uh, a new life at this point sure. together through this project. So tell me about the project, really. Well, you know, when, first, yeah, go. First, let me say go. that you know through. All this, when we've been together, Liz, as a creative mind, of course, is amazing. But I think also she's got a really great business mind. So I think throughout my career, unfortunately, Liz has had to always be that sounding board of input and thoughts. And, you know, it's very unusual, I think, to have that kind of creative mind with the great business mind. And she does. So I love how you say it. Unfortunately, Liz has had to. And for me, it's like, wait, someone cares about my opinion. <laughs> I'm so excited. Does <laughs> course, I'll tell you what I think. Does Liz ever go into Susan's menu creations and con- no, concepts? No, you stay absolutely. out of that. No, absolutely not. I sometimes do. And I say, why did it's you do that wrong. one? It's and always- why did- this is too salty. <laughs> so you're the official <laughs> taster. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. do you mean? Like, like, why is that on the menu? Is that what you mean? Yeah. And also even a direction that, you know, she might be going, you know, again, you've been together, what, 27 years? Yeah. So you've seen but a lot I of restaurants. I'm not a foodie. You're not. Not at all. No. I'm the anti-foodie. It's I'm the embarrassing. <laughs> I don't. It's not that I don't care about food. I, I'm not a cook. I'm not interested in cooking. I think cooking is work. It's not fun to me. Yeah, Liz will come into the kitchen when I'm home and say like, oh, can I help? Can I help you with anything? So then I'll give her like green beans to clean. And she after gives, like that's the worst job on the planet. Minutes, it's like, OK, I'm bored with this job. Yeah, can because I do it is. Yeah, she gives me the crap job. No, I go, can I help? And she gives me like, you know what? Cutting those ends off beans. It's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, tedious. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, I want something exciting like like, like what? Like but that's how Su- that's how Susan got her start at Mama is on. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be yeah. her. I don't want to be that. I like the boring jobs. Well, I love you. I love the boring. Well, jobs. Well, it can be mindless, and I'm sure Liz has a bit of an active mind, so that's maybe what you know the yeah. problem is there. Whatever the excuse, that's is. one way to put no it. A bit of an active. When mind. we first got together, <laughs> I had to really, I had to be in therapy to discuss why she didn't eat garlic or pork or <laughs> shellfish. It's like, oh god. Okay, me, I think this is the wrong person. I hope me. you're over it by now. Okay, I will say this though. Um, 
Okay. What? I, I just want to say I wasn't the reason Susan went to therapy. She was already in therapy. Oh, oh, oh. This oh. was just a topic. Yeah, but it took over. It was over. a topic. Was for like, I don't know how we can be to stay together. I'm not know. charging for today's session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't. Well, at one point we were on the phone and she said, I said, I don't cook. And she didn't believe me. And so then I said, well, she goes, well, you use spices. You make your dinner. And I said, well, I don't really use spices. Yeah. And she goes, well, you use salt. I said, no. And she goes, oi. so wait a second i want to go back to the beginning of all this you know relationship stuff because it has to do with where susan was in her career in the restaurants because was city happening what was happening at the time that you guys met which restaurant concept I think City was closing. Which I loved. I thought City Restaurant was fantastic. It brought in all these global influences. It was in a huge, well, it started out as City Cafe, right? uh, On Melrose? Melrose, yeah. A little tiny, tiny spot that subsequently became the Border Grill Cafe. Border Grill, yeah. Right? So City Cafe then moves to La Brea, was the first of its kind of a big box other than maybe the hard rock was going on about that time. Yeah. Ostensibly, uh, you opened up this big-ass restaurant. With a tandoori oven. Tandoori oven. A real tandoori oven. A real tandoori oven. Well, you don't mess around. You're authentic. Yeah. Yeah. In every way. It was, it was, that was a great, I love that tandoori restaurant. We, Mary Sue and I fired it ourselves (laughs) with, uh, you know, it was just a raw clay pot and you had to glaze it internally. And so we so we went through the whole glazing process, like nine hours at 900 degrees with brown sugar and mustard oil. Too. Who taught you and all this? We read it. We read it in internet. a book. Yeah. <laughs> Is that in we therapy? In <laughs> and we bought it from a guy who owned an Indian hotel in downtown L.A. And we brought it back in a pickup truck. I was in the back of the truck holding it so that it wouldn't break when you went over a bump in the street. I'm Wilshire or, this is, or whatever. This is really old ways of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it, the it oldest are the best. Aren't, aren't the oldest. The best, right. There's a certain yeah. history to food that still stays with us. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, city opens up. And how did that inspiration even come to you in, in, on Melrose when you first did the cafe? Right. Well, be, well, because all of our training, both of us had trained in French kitchens. French. I took my first trip to India. Uh-huh. I'd only worked in French restaurants, took my first trip to India, and then um, came back and we started to put a couple Indian dishes on the menu. So it would be things like cassoulet and pot au feu and then, you know, potato budgia and, you know, uh, an eggplant spinach curry. And then Mary Sue went on a trip and worked in the kitchen like I had worked in the kitchen in India at the ashram. She went and worked in the kitchen in India because her are in Thailand because her uncle was working over there. And so she came back and we put on like the Thai melon salad or, you know, something like that, uh, red curry. So all of a sudden our menu started to be from cities around the world. So then we decided, oh, let's open up a restaurant, have it be food from around the world. And that caught on. It did. Well, we were there for a while. Well, um, yeah. But I mean, you you took it from this little tiny joint into a much larger 
5,000 square foot, you know, big boat truss, wonderful gallery type spot. And, And I thought the people were like the food. It was just so great to look at the people as well as the food looked great. It was was a wonderful experience. Yeah, it was great. Great people. It was a great mix of people that came in. We wanted a restaurant that our friends who didn't have any money could afford to go to. Right. Well, was it? I was a starving actor. Compared to some, compared to some. So it was very mixed. It was very, there was, you know, very movie star driven, um, artist driven, you know, writers. It was a a really great mix of people. Very eclectic. Yeah. Just like the menu. Yeah. So, Liz, were you involved at, at that time with each other or not? No, no, no. Okay, no. so you're just doing Susan your music. City was, City was closing, and Border Grill was going. And actually, I was living in Santa Monica, and Border Grill was in Santa Monica. So that you know, you stumbled into Border Grill, had a margarita, and, <laughs> and the rest is we say. Uh, yeah. So no, I was not part of City. Is is the Okay, so but yeah. you, you but you got to know each other actually when the Border Grill was in yeah. its infancy yeah. when that because yeah. the Border Grill is been well not quite that long while. though right had it been around some been but around. not for that many years because we've been together twenty seven years so how long ago did it close I don't know like five years ago maybe but it's still operating it's still operating at the Mandalay Bay Hotel yeah right very successfully and at the airport, LAX and. And you've had food trucks, and the Border Grill is a real and big brand. Border Grill food trucks and Border Grill catering, that's still going still on. Still happening. Yep. All right, well, listen, we're going to take a break because Dr. D is telling me, you know, it's time. But when we come back, we're going to look at the sizzle reel for SusanFeniger.Fork. Do we call it SusanFeniger.Fork? No, do we, just... we, don't, we, don't, we don't actually say there's a period in the sentence. We don't. Period. Okay. No, so how would you Susan say it? Fenniger. Susan Feniger, Forked. How'd you come up with that title? Well, I wanted to say the other word, but it wasn't wasn't really allowed. <laughs> well, and Forked well very I could say you could say it here, but I don't know about FC, FTC rules. I don't Dr. D, upset do we, Dr. D. We do we could we say no, we're not gonna do it. We're gonna no. keep things it's a no. family show. There you go. You know, so you yeah. wanted to say that because she was forked over <laughs> in a way. Didn't go. Let's put it this way. Things didn't go as planned. Well, we're going to find out more about that after we break. Okay. We're going to come back. And thank you really so much. This is great to be with you both. You're, you're fabulous. Aww. Both of you. I'm hugging you. You're fabulous. You're fabulous. No, you're fabulous. Oh, okay. Bye-bye. Okay. We'll be right back with right. Mr. Restaurant. I'm Will Knox. See you in a bit.
Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You won't admit you love me, and so how am I ever to know you always tell me? Perhaps, perhaps, quizás. Y así pasan los días Y yo desesperada Y tú, tú contestando Quizás, quizás, quizás Susan Feniger and Liz Lachman, and we're discussing right now Susan Feniger Forked, which is a verite documentary that's a work in progress, and we're going to learn a lot more about this work in progress that Liz Lachman has put together as the filmmaker of this project. It's it's incredible, and I thank you for letting us even in on this four-minute piece because I want to see the whole deal. When can I see the whole deal? Me too. <laughs> Me too. We're editing right now. We're in editing. We meaning I and the editor. Yeah, not, not me. Not Susan. We don't let, just as I don't go in the kitchen, she doesn't come in. And, and so she doesn't Although, suggest a cut here or there? Oh my God, Liz I would is, kill her. Liz she is, would not be alive right now. Liz she is doesn't. editing with the editor in London. <laughs> and so every morning she's up at 4.30 in the morning and they start editing for the next five hours or so. And then I get up and when I go in to make a coffee, I hear my name. I'll be like, what? What? What are you talking about? Talking about you, baby. <laughs> Nobody better, yeah. I guess, in that house. I have a question. Yes. What is off of the subject? 
This is season two, episode four. You well, waited till episode four to have us on? Well, it, it took – Susan's very busy, what? and so are you because you're both award winners. Oh, wait, you're hard to get. He's putting it on us. He's putting it on us. Well, uh-huh. you know. You're on now. Oh, look at – she's so good. She's Miss Sunshine. You're on now. Be happy. Well, maybe we'll – when when we do the book, Mr. Yeah. Restaurant, maybe we'll move this to the front and make this the first chapter about. because yeah, I'm okay. with – Wait, why not the cover? <laughs> Boy, you're brazen, Susan. I I see I see what you see in her. I really do. Yeah. You know? Do you? Huh. I do. Well, let's talk you know. after. Well, you know, I'm married. <laughs> trying to give me away. I'm married. I can't go there. Uh, Gosh. All right. I'm getting the high sign again from Doctor D after that wonderful interlude we had with the sizzle. We're going to come back and talk a lot about how this whole project came to be and what's going on with the project and a little bit more about Susan and Liz and, you know, just in. Uh, Or Liz and Susan. Liz and Susan. It's the dynamic (laughs) duo, and I'm really happy to have them with me on Mr. Restaurant today from the beautiful studios of KZSB AM 1290 FM 96.9. We're in the grotto. With Will Knox and Mr. Restaurant. We'll be right back. Look at me. I'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree. Feel like I'm clinging to a cloud. I can't understand. I get misty. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnametom.com to hear more of our music buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. The Jeremiah Show.
I'm live. I'm back with Liz Lockman and Susan Feniger. Liz got top billing, Susan. I noticed it. Okay. I gave her top billing because I did have to to nudge you a little. Good work, Will. You got there. This is her project, is it not? (laughs) It is. And how did that come to be, really? When when did you get the inspiration you want to do a verite documentary? You know, I had the footage. What happened is when I said somebody should record this, I borrowed a camera and I became the cinematographer because we did have I did hire for one day a cinematographer and it was ridiculously expensive and there's no way he was going to be there when things were really happening so I just thought this is ridiculous he or she well it happened to be a guy okay in this case happened to be a guy and I thought I can't just call him quick Susan's doing something cute Susan stop right there freeze so that wasn't gonna work so I I did it I and you'll as the editor now i'm i'm regretting that i did that i was she she learned she borrowed our friend's camera and learned how to do it because that's not what she did so liz was constantly walking around with the camera in the house i I basically shot susan everywhere and everything she did and recipe testing with, with sasha in our kitchen and architect meetings and menu design meetings and um, going to the site and wrestling with, you know, whatever was going wrong there, which was pretty much everything. And, uh, you know, that I got it all. So for a year and a half, and then we went to Vietnam and I shot Susan there and I hired a crew there because I thought if I screw it up, I can't go back and fix this. So I hired a crew and I shot. So Did you have an interpreter? Crew. Yeah. Was it, was it a lo- local Vietnamese crew, right? Yeah. And we went, yes, and we everywhere when we traveled, then we went to um, Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah. And also in Singapore and each place we hired because Susan wants to eat where most people don't want to go for vacation. (laughs) The best food. So most people get sick when they go to these countries and eat. Well, that's how you immerse yourself in the culture. Right. You get a worm. That's how you do it. The best meal I ever had in my life. I was in Tunisia. And I was on uh, an excursion in the desert by camel. And we were three days by camel. And, wow. they, and they took us up to this cave in the mountains. And we walk into the cave. It was lunch. We walk into the cave. And at the end of the cave, which was all of like maybe 150 feet deep, right. there was a camel lying down like a dog. Yeah. In the cave. And this is where we were going to have lunch in Tunisia. Next to the camel? The camel was like the pet of the guy that owned the oh restaurant. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was the greatest experience of my life. And I said, I am not That's- in LA anymore. <laughs> yeah. In case you needed reminding. This is This is really is, far away. Is riding a camel comfortable? Because for that many hours, it doesn't sound comfortable. You do side saddle. You know, oh. you don't always, you know, go, you know, two legs over the, yeah. the hump. And, well, know. I mean, you got a, a saddle. You're you humping a, a lot, a though. I'll tell you that. You're definitely humping what? a lot. You're, you're, yeah. you're definitely. So I was on a horse in Mongolia for nine hours. That wasn't fun. Oh, yes. That was a trip that you and Susan took, right? Well, kind of. Kind of? I didn't. Oh, you she didn't? took the trip in my mind. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be a therapy question. I'm not going there. Because yeah. I, cur- I was cursing her the entire time. So she kind of was there. I was cursing her for pulling out at the last minute on this trip. And I, thought, I had to. 
She had to, but I thought if I don't go, I'm going to be mad at myself forever. And I'm probably going to take it out on Susan forever. It probably would have been better had I gone. It would have been so much. I mean, the trip would have been better. I would have had more fun. And yeah. the end result yeah. of staying would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> so, but- so yeah. So that I'm just when you said a camel for three days, that's what it reminded me of, you know, which sounds so romantic. But then you do it and it's well, not as romantic. Everything's a little yeah. bit more romantic until you really do it. But I'm in a great yeah, romance. I, I've been in a romantic. great romance for 36 years with my wife. And so you guys oh. are in a great romance, too. Oh, and and, and oh. we're all into immersion. And you have immersed yourself certainly in food and your culture and your f- filmmaking, your music, all of it. You guys are very deep. You're not superficial. You go deep. And I think that's what sets you apart. We're going to get into this a little bit more. Dr. D, do we have to take a break? No, we don't have to take a break. Oh, great. So we can continue. When when Liz and I first got together, we'd be in the car and listening to the radio or something or talking. And Liz would stop and sort of say, wait, hold on, hold on. I have to. I just thought of this line. That I want to leave on my message machine at home for a a song. So she'd call her her home phone and leave this these few words on it. And then like two weeks later, she'd come home and there would be the beginnings of a song that her and her writings a week, whatever, a week later. This is ancient history. Oh, it was so amazing. I'm sleeping right now. It was amazing. (laughs) Well, Yeah, I mean, you, really. You both are creative. That That's the essence of it all. And yeah. ostensibly, I think when you, Liz, saw what Susan was going through with this street yeah. Yeah. Uh, foray, uh, it was going sideways and you thought somebody's got to cover this, right? Well, it was before it went sideways. Okay. I thought it was going to be great. And to to chronicle the development of a restaurant. Exactly. And especially with someone who's this is the first time she's done it by herself. All new things are coming up. And so I did follow and all, you know, all the trips and the street food tasting and and sort of throughout the build out of the restaurant and everything. And basically, um, you know, it didn't turn out the way Susan planned. And one of my friends said, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, what do you mean? It's it's a tragedy. It just changes what the film becomes, the unexpected ending, you know. Um, So it's fine. It's all film. It's all storytelling. You know, I I thought it was going to be a happier ending. That's all. Well, but it it was a happy beginning and middle. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. It was fabulous. A a wonderful ride. Well, when did you know it was going to go kind of south? I mean, what what indication did you get? In construction, did you think it was a struggle? Oh, no, no, no. There that's all, that's normal. You're going to get troubles along the way. It's the restaurant yeah. business. It's, yeah. the, it's yeah. like the yeah. film business, right? I mean, the real estate business is the same. You, you, you come up with an idea. Right. You put a team together. You got to raise the money. You got to find the project, obviously, at the get-go. I'm getting stressed out right now, Will. <laughs> Say that again. You're stressing me out. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, you launch and you launch with a great team and you've got yeah. a great team right now, right? You, that you've Tell us about that team that you've Are got. Are you talking about the film team? Yes. Okay. So Lisa Don Malreve is the producer and she um, just finished 
a, a wonderful dance documentary. It's called Uprooted, The Journey of Jazz Dance. That is now on HBO Max, and I advise everyone to see it. It is phenomenal. Yeah. And the editor for that is Joan Gill Amram, and that became the editor for Forked because, um, first of all, uh, I was always I was looking for editors. And for some weird reason, I was always um, interviewing editors who had cut dance films, which I think is very odd. Well, I, I, I didn't know why, but I think I've put it together now. I think because this film for me has a rhythm. Syncopation. It's some kind yes. of rhythmic thing that I feel when I envision the film. And so I wanted someone who could cut dance. I don't it wasn't a conscious effort. It wasn't a conscious thing. I just noticed it after three different people. And I thought, well, that's weird. And Joan cut uprooted. And when I saw her work and I spoke with her, I was sold. She's fantastic. And um, so we're now working together and she's doing a great job. And I get up, like Susan said, very early and we work it. We're working the film out. We're should be done in the fall. That's what we're hoping. And and Miriam. Yeah. Uh, Miriam Cutler is the composer. Miriam Cutler is a very well-known doc a composer. She did um, RGB. She did The Hunting Grounds. She did Man. Man is this the music that we heard on the sizzle reel? No, no, no that is not the music. Got but it. She will be doing uh, the music for this film and she's all over um, the world. She's teaching and, and uh, she loves this film. So very excited about that. So that's going to happen soon. So you've got a tight team and, and you've raised a lot of your money to get this thing done, which is, of course, right. always the struggle in the restaurant business. How do I get to the finish line? And oftentimes, Susan, did you have all the money when you started Street? No. What happened I there? How, I didn't even know how we were going to raise the money. And Liz was like, you'll do it. Just you people do it. Just go out, reach, ask for it. It'll happen. And I was like, I don't know. I don't even see how I don't even know who I'd ask or how to do it. And Liz was like, do it, do it. Well, actually, I remember there were like four or five different people who I overheard saying to Susan, if you ever do another restaurant, I want to be involved. I always you hear that all the time. But then when it's I know, time for I them to so step up, here. you know, yeah. 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 So I thought, well, they've offered. See if it's real. And some of them were. So that yeah. was cool. So that. Is what happened? You finally got over the finish line with with those friends and family. The except yeah. the remember the the price tag kept going up yeah. every time they dig up something in the and find another problem that had to be rebuilt. It was like now yeah. we got to raise more money. It was yeah, crazy. That, that location hadn't nothing had been done to that building in years. forty years. It I mean basically we ripped the whole restaurant down. And this building was north of uh, Melrose on yeah. Highland where you could not stop your car between four and seven. Yeah. Yeah. And that probably was not perfect location. Yeah. Probably not the best, <laughs> best of locations, you know, but well, I, I do remember you that. saying to me once you, you said, gosh, well, Nancy Silverton is down the street on the corner doing pizzeria mozza and she's killing it. What's wrong with me? And I said, I don't think it's anything wrong with you. It may be just 500 yards 
difference. It just may be that. Yeah. yeah. And it, sometimes no, in real estate. You no, know, and it's not Italian. It's not pizza. You know, was, I mean, who, who knows exactly what I, I, you know, I never learned from my mistakes. <laughs> Don't she? She looks at me when she says that. Then you're doomed to do mistakes. it again. You're doomed to do it again if you didn't learn from that. I'm getting the high <laughs> sign from Dr. D that we have two minutes on this segment, but we're going to come back after that. Right, Doc? We have yeah. we've, we have more time to talk. So it, when when you were raising money for your venture, Susan, that was a struggle. And now we've got Liz finishing her project about you and your struggle. And, you know, you haven't raised all the a, money. But I, I would not call this a struggle. I no, would say it's a labor of love, in, right? In process. It's a process. Because, yeah, we have gotten um, a number of investors, which has been phenomenal. And we've yeah. also got a fiscal sponsorship from Film Independent, which means that anyone who donates to the film, they get a 100 percent tax deduction on their donation. Oh, so right. So that's pretty cool. And so, you know, it's just about getting that word out and finding people who are wanting to be a part of this, you know. And how do you and get the yeah, word out? Yeah. How, how would someone contact you if 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 I was an interested investor or I yeah. was an interested sponsor, yeah. which you know, I'd love to have Mr. Restaurant sponsor you for sure, but we'll get to that later. Okay, how good. how would one reach you? Well, we have a website, which is ForkedTheFilm.com. ForkedTheFilm.com. The yeah. yeah. Okay. And, that, and that has all the information and the contact. And, you know, the producer can be contacted directly if somebody actually wants to be an investor, which is a little different than a donation. And uh, you can also find the information about Film Independent, about that fiscal sponsor donation is on that site as well. It's got everything. It's got great pictures. Pictures <laughs> say a, th a thousand words, right? Right. But yep. I'd love to taste the food. See, that that's that's where mm. it comes out. In the sizzle reel, I wanted to taste all that food. It yeah. was just great, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's it, it's a sensual experience, and certainly being with the two of you, I got to tell you, I don't want to get into you know, it's you know what, whatever. Let's but not. you guys are really very <laughs> sensual. You, you, your your hearing, your your nose, your voice, <laughs> your eyes, Female power. Oh, okay, there we go. You know, no, it's it's really you're you're very sensual people. That's all I can tell you. You know. <laughs> So I love being I with are, you. We are really, we are really heading into territory no. that is not going to be okay. Mr. Really. Restaurant covers a lot of different elements. I you know. <laughs> it all comes back to the food, baby. We'll be right back with Mr. Restaurant. I'm Will Knox, and we're with Susan Feniger and Liza Lockman. Liza Lockman, I love this. I'm gonna have huh? to. I'm someone's gonna get murdered. Liz Lockman, we're with Liz. We're <laughs> with, I just kill myself? <laughs> we're with Liz Lockman and Susan Feniger, and we're gonna talk more about the project Susan Feniger Fort. We'll be right back. <laughs>
check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann Hitch. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hucks from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Dreho. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, your loved home. need help with your restaurant or hospitality business? See how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Stunk Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. I'm Will Knox, and this is Mr. Restaurant. We're with Liz Lockman, Susan Feniger, Susan Feniger, and Liz Lockman, the dynamic <laughs> duo. I got to tell you, you you deserve equal billing, both of Aww. you. You really do. Aww. You know. Thanks, I, Will. I've I've gotten to know Susan certainly over the years, and I'm recently getting to know Liz. And you know, you're both tremendous people, and you're great artisans. You're both creative in your own way, and we've been talking a lot about this new documentary that uh, Liz has been putting together about the experience of street restaurant. What happened with the development of street restaurant? And I, for my own business, am a restaurant real estate and concept development guy, so development is a big deal you know, to me. So, Susan, the arc of the development with street, it, it goes, you know, on a trajectory and here we are and we're opening and there's high hopes and there always is with restaurants and certainly with film and anything creative, you know, you want people to embrace it. So what happened? What, when did it start to get funky? Well, I think, you know, we, we started with just open for dinner and then we, you know, I, I think I'd, Mary Sue and I had always had restaurants that were open for lunch and dinner. So we, you know, we decided we'd open for lunch, which I don't know that that was the smartest decision. Because there's no business around there, right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, then it just adds to labor cost and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but I, you know, my memories of it are all really great, you know, till it wasn't. I mean, so we were busy. It's the drugs. Yeah. (laughs) The the mojitos. (laughs) You know, I worked really, we we worked really long hours. You know, Sasha and I worked, you know, long, long hours from early in the morning. But that's who you are. You work. Yeah. Yeah. It was a tiny kitchen and we'd work like, you know, 
15 hour days and I'd get home like I remember driving down Wilshire would be like you know one in the morning and I'd be back there at 7 a.m and you know and I just I think it um you know it just felt like it was busy on the weekends but not busy you know Monday Tuesday Wednesday but it would be busy Thursday Friday Saturday so you sort of don't see how challenging it is until you really are like realizing like we're just not making it and you know we looked at obviously always looked at P&Ls and looked at bottom line and where we were but you know at some point just got like this is just not going down a good path and so that we don't end up in a really negative place let's maybe we need to reconceptualize which is what we did you know and we reconceptualized it and made it a little bit more accessible and neighborhood like and you know I, I don't still really know maybe it was a little bit ahead of its time um but at some point it got to a place where i think we felt like i felt like you know we want to be able to pay our staff we want to be able to pay our bills so we should close the doors i actually remember when you said to me you know i'm working for free and it's taking me away from my other restaurant which is where we are making money yeah so it doesn't make sense all this energy is going to try to keep this thing going we're making no money out of it and it's not working but it is taking me away from the other thing that deserves to be working well you made a smart business decision at the end of the day I mean, it was, you know, for me, it was fun all the way up to even the closing night was fun and, you know, sad. But but it was it's the drugs. (laughs) It's her personality. It's got to be her personality, Liz. Right. So what was it like watching this? You know, you're you're well, it was very frustrating. I know I felt like, you know, I wasn't sure how connected she was to the negative aspects of this, you know, because Susan, well, I mean, here's the thing for me, I'm like, okay, we got to keep treading water. We get, we don't want to go under. We, we meaning Susan, I don't want Susan going under because I can't tolerate that. She can't tolerate that. You know, so some of this was just talking with her about everything, you know, when she'd come home, well, that's after Star Trek Voyager was over. And, and, thera- then, and therapy earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when, when Captain Janeway was done, you know, then I could put my attention on Susan. And um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> Idiot. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. But it's true. So, okay, whatever. It's time, for, an- whatever. It's time for another mojito, I think. Um, but, you know, just trying to, to help her <laughs> process it. You know, because there's plenty of time afterwards to deal with the 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 afterlife of these things. But during it is when we can't allow someone, you know, she needed her energy during that time. We can't but, be going. But this the is film so- is really about uh, reinvention and resilience. And it's yeah. hopeful. Right. I mean, well, it, film, it ends hopefully. Right. Yes, because the truth is everyone fails. And so the the real um the real uh, question in life is how one fails, not if they fail. Everyone will fail. Do you get back up? That's the measure of success is how you treat a failure in your life. You know, and so that's really what this film became was how does Susan Feniger do this when she fails, which no one really would expect 
uh, given her circumstances and given the way that I'm structuring the film, we all know that Susan Feniger will be fine and she comes out on top. And so when she doesn't, it's going to be like a knife to the heart. But I won't leave the audience with a knife in their hearts, I promise. Well, I think people like to be uplifted at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that's a great story to be able to transmit. And if I was an investor, would that be something you'd try to sell me on? Well, yes. There's one other aspect to this film that I think we haven't seen before, and that is that I have access to things that no one will ever see Susan doing. Like dancing with a dog? In her pajamas. (laughs) Where is the dog? Is the dog here today? No, the dog left. Okay, dog left. All right. Dog dog (laughs) had enough. Yeah, she's on the couch. One of them's on the couch. So, yeah. so really, it's like, you know, I mean, I was cutting something yesterday with the editor and Susan's got her. She's talking to a uh, to an investor. She's got her feet up on the desk, barefoot in her shorts and T-shirt, talking all about what's going to happen with Street and how great the menu is going to be. And, you know, and I have this picture of her feet just with her toes. Twitting. Great I'm like, shot. No one is going to have this footage. But Liz, can I have the still of that? But Susan Feniger, as no one has ever seen her. Feniger's feet. Yeah, Feniger's feet. F-E-A-T. Hey, maybe we should like sell those and raise more money for street. There you go. Oh, my God. You know, I don't know. I'm always looking for an angle for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll put it out there on um, with Bitcoin. But you still need an angle. I mean, you still need to raise more money. And that's always the struggle to get to the finish line. And your budget. I have an idea. Yeah. What? We could because since Liz has been working on this, I've been going through our street cookbook that we did during oh. this time. I mean, we had a f- number of years. We had Great. like five years of it. So yeah. it wasn't like it opened to close. Yeah. But, you know. Um, I've been going through the book and like looking at like that recipe was great. And I said to Liz this morning, I'm going to I think I'm going to start cooking from the cookbook. So maybe we should say to investors, OK, if you invest, we'll do in our driveway here, which I've been dying to do a dinner, a dinner an investors this. dinner. Oh, that co- coconut curried mussels. Anyone? Those go big time at these auctions, don't they? Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. that's a great idea. And what yeah. about, is the street cookbook out? Yeah, of course. That's published, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's a great book, and we filmed it all here. It's called Susan Feniger's Street Cookbook. And we cooked it all here, and the woman who did the photography, yeah, photography for it was great. And Can I get that online at Amazon? Where could I, I get that? Where you, I don't know where you that, buy it That is a cookbook I'd sure. like to have. That, it's that's a great book. Yeah, Maybe we'll cookbook. get you one. No, I just want the pictures we'll of the feet. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something wrong with him. Something really yeah, wrong with yeah. him. I don't know. You know, it keeps going to this weird, creepy place. Well, it's my deal. It's because Doctor D's given me the high sign. I'm t- now, do we have like one more minute and the show's over, or yep. oh, the show's over in a minute? Mm-hmm. Come what? on, no. We got to come back. I hope so. I hope so. Because there, there's a lot more questions I want to ask you just yeah. as we continue. What, yeah. Susan, advice would you give to someone who is starting a restaurant and has this Don't. vision? What would you do? Don't. <laughs> Don't. Okay. Well, right now, I might say that. But, you know, if it's your passion, I mean, the thing that's really fabulous about it is that, you know, after all these years, I still love 
being in the restaurant business. It's still, you know, I love it. There's things I used to hate about it, like meetings, and I still do. But beyond that, it's a fantastic career. But but right now is a challenging time in the restaurant world. In right the now. world, in the world, yeah. it's a challenging I would say time. This, you have to have passion. Yeah, for right. It, to be to be in that job. And I, I think that's uh, an intangible, actually. Right. Passion. Mm-hmm. What about you, Liz? What kind of advice would you give to a, a fledgling filmmaker? Same thing. You have to have passion because you're going to yeah. have a lot of no's and a lot of things that don't work. And if you don't have passion for it, then you'll just go do something else, which is also fine. But, you know, if you want to stick stick with it, you, you have to have a passion for it. Well, so I think if you're, if you're creative you know? like you two are, you d- there's just no stopping. Mm-hmm. I don't really. know. I've seen you on a, in a film, Will, and that was pretty pretty cool. Now, 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 now. Yeah, it was pretty cool, Will. We may show that one day. Too Much Oregano with see Will that? Knox. No, it was just between us. I did not see it. Yes, you it, weren't invited. It won the Cannes Film Festival, Best Short Film. I played a Greek chef. Wow. That's 1981. Right. I couldn't get arrested. I still had to sell real estate. And that's why I found Spago. So you here we well, are. I would, ar- I would arrest you for what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Can I move in with you guys? <laughs> yeah, we need a houseboy. <laughs> I have a foot fetish. Listen, thank you so much for this. This is fantastic. I'm with Ms. Restaurateur Susan Feniger and her devoted documentarian, Liz Lockman. And this has been Mr. Restaurant with Will Knox. Until the next time. This is comedian Maz Jobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. 
The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan. And me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a good man. This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, The Jeremiah Show. I love you. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.